Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Build Your Team show. As always, I am your host, Atiba, and I've got a special guest today, Rachel Lee, who's going to share with us some stuff. Now, first off, y'all will see she is flat out amazing. Not only is she award-winning, she's one of those people who they've won awards not just because they were the only one who entered the award, right? And they won it by default. She's won awards because of the amazing work that she has done for her clients over the years. And it wasn't just her, it was her and her team. And we're going to dive in today and talk about some of that. And as always, Build Your Team is brought to you by Client Attraction Pros. Hey, it's time that you become the thought leader of your industry, and we're going to help you do that and make it fast, easy, and fun. So, Rachel, welcome. What's up? Great to be here. It's a pleasure. Now, I was going to start somewhere else, but I got to say this because I forgot. You're in Austin, right? And so it's uncanny to me that we run in the same circles. And in the last 15 months, I've been to Austin like seven times. We haven't seen each other. We've not run into each other. We didn't run into each other until Social Profit Lab, that summit, which, by the way, if y'all have not watched, y'all need to go get Social Profit Lab. It was amazing, right? We didn't run into each other until then. I know. But welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And now we need to see each other when you're in Austin next. Well, I was supposed to be there tomorrow, but I'm not going. Okay, that's fine. I'll be in Austin in September. All right. Okay. Early September. So we got a date. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, we got a date. I'll be very pregnant. It'll be perfect. We'll go we, tacos, some queso, barbecue, whatever. <laughs> listen, so Terry Blacks. And then, I don't know, this is Build Your Team. We're not even talking about that yet, right, y'all? But Terry Blacks, if you get to Austin, you got to go to Terry Blacks. And then there's another place that someone took me, Chase, Chase Cohere. If you don't know Chase in Austin, I got to introduce you to Chase as well. It was in a freaking gas station. Um, For tacos, barbecue. Barbecue. The weird, like the small nooks are always the best here. Well, it has multiple locations, right? And he said- Say again? Rudy's Barbecue? It might have been. I got to look it up. He said, in his opinion, it was better than Terry Black's. And you know what? Good grief, it's hard to choose. But <laughs> anyway, y'all, anyway, let's get off of food because we probably could talk food all day long. Yeah. Right? I want to take you back, Rachel, because obviously you've done some amazing things. But I want to take you back for a moment to that time where, you know, as all of us in business, you started out and you're alone and you're doing your thing and you get to that place where it's too much and you got to bring in help. Right. And I want to ask you, what was that experience like for you hiring in your first person? You know, it might be a little different than some of your other guests because I'm two years into being an entrepreneur, business owner, and I work with my husband most of my career was working for other companies and big companies. I worked at a marketing agency and then I was at Microsoft and Gartner. And the first person I hired 
was at Gartner to Mm -hmm. be on my team, supporting in that brand management, marketing support. And so as you asked me, I was like, I don't want to forget that because it was such a great way to learn when you work for big companies and you're an employee first, you're able to really understand what it's like to be on the other side of hiring. And my goodness, Atiba, with going through the MBA, the amount of interviews I have done at companies like you'd have to count on so many hands. So being able to hire at a big company like Gartner, right? With hundreds over thousands of employees across the globe and being able to see the way in which they were able to look for somebody's talent, right? There were certain values that Gartner had and being able to ask questions around those values was such a helpful piece of the process, right? To really say, can this person do the job, but do they fit with the mission of our company? And so that was such a great learning experience. In addition to the fact of just having an HR manager, right? Being able to see what it was like to look at a resume and then immediately go onto somebody's LinkedIn profile, right? And, you know, now what we do at Standout Authority, and I was actually doing this after the MBA at supporting job seekers. And now with Standout Authority, we're all about building your personal brand and we right. work more with the business owner and entrepreneur. You know, when you're able to see what it's like to hire somebody and what those resumes really don't cover <laughs> and how when you're looking to hire somebody, We're actually looking way beyond that resume. I'm like looking across the internet and I'm really looking for that cultural fit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Atiba, with so much great conversation, especially over the last few years around diversity, equity and inclusion and taking trainings on unconscious bias. And there's just a lot of things you really need to be aware of as you're interviewing to make sure that you're not you know, seeing somebody like you right, and falling for that person because you're jiving with them, but like, can they do the job first and foremost? You know, so I think between being at the company and getting that value-driven hiring and then now with Standout Authority, as we look to hire people, I would say that I've become less structured, right? Mm. And because I am looking... Our COO is more structured. So when she goes and gets those first, you know, kind of gets people and then we kind of come in to do more of that. Is this person the right fit? Can they do the job? I'm really looking, do they understand what our mission is? Are they going to be an advocate for my company? Are they going to be able to do the work? Because I need you to do the work. But are you going to go above and beyond? Do you have yeah. that in you? In you, yes. Okay. So first off, beautiful answer. And oddly enough, it's not that different, believe it or not, right? And because one of the things we talk a lot about here is hiring for fit and understanding people have got to fit. And so you had structure in the corporate environment that helped you figure that out and kind of see it, right, process. Because that's what big companies do, right? They're the best at it. Exactly. 
or the worst, depending. Yeah. <laughs> They're the best at creating lots of bureaucracy and process. It could be really crappy or really good. Right. But now you said it was your CEO. She's going through and she's chopping down people who just, we know they can't do the work so that you can still figure out, hey, do they fit? Yeah. Right. And so it feels less structured, but it probably is still has some level of structure. Definitely. You know, Definitely. it has yes. less red tape. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's the best part of small company. <laughs> When you create your own business, you really get to create those guardrails and you get to create what you want out of the people. Yeah. So let me ask you about this, because and this is something that I love to hear people's perspective on, because so many people see it differently. And that I believe for our audience is really the key because everyone sees this differently. How do you determine fit and culture and some of that, like you listed a core value in there of you expect that they're going to go above and beyond. And you want to know that they have that in them, that that's their personality. How do you pull that out? How do you see that from someone? What are your markers that you're looking for? Okay. Such a good question. So simple things to me show their capabilities how you show up. Remember, branding lady boss here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when we get onto the Zoom call or wherever it is, how do you introduce yourself? What kind of lighting do you have on? What are you wearing? I'm looking at all of the impressions that I'm getting immediately. Yes. Because I'm seeing how you present yourself. Yes. Because that's going to be how you present yourself in front of my team and in front of my clients. And that's the best version of it, what I'm seeing today. Right. So I would say because of my training, I am looking, I am going to be more picky, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to also not be like, eh, give them a benefit. They're 22 years old. You know, like, especially when you know Atiba, when you're the, yep. the Gen Zs, you know, it's really it's been different. a different way of getting into the workforce. And so I'm really sensitive to that because I still work with the students a bunch at UT and I help coach. So I'm very sensitive to it, but I have to say, Rachel, Rachel, don't be judgy here. So when you say, how do you sense fit? I'm looking for those. How are they showing up? Not just the words. Yeah. It's the entire presence. Did they yeah. send me a thank you note? Did they connect with me on LinkedIn with a personalized note? When I ask them about, tell me, why do you want to work at Standard Authority? If you tell me something off my website, I assume you're reading my website. I want to hear like, you know, I was reading you about you and Josh and I love this post and da, 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 da. Like, I want to know that you've done your research Yeah. because we're a people company. We need to do that for our clients. We're a branding. So those to me are indicators of the kind of capability that they have beyond just like, okay, I need you to be really good at project management. Cause I haven't even started to dig into, can you do the work of the job? Right. right. <laughs> I'm laughing hard. I really am because of something that happened yesterday. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of the things in our process is there's a lot of communication back and forth through email before you get an interview, okay? okay. Um, and 
this particular individual who we had liked up until this point. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yep. The email response was, I do have a couple questions for you, which I love. Great. Because we're big into asking questions. But the question was, can you tell me more about your company? Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. No. No, no. <laughs> and, you know, let's say for a moment a whole lot of things aren't true that should be true. My name is one that if you Google it, you see everything. There ain't that many of me. <laughs> yeah. I, and I almost just wanted to sarcastically respond with, ever yeah. thought about Googling who you're talking to? Yeah, that's really bad. It's a really, like, that, wow. And via email too, nonetheless, where it's like documented. <laughs> you know, like, it, that would be bad on a call, but at least it's not in... <laughs> Black and white. <laughs> Which is another big one for me too, Atiba, is that communication via email. Mm -hmm. So much of what I'm hearing, because as I do support the college, is that the younger, newer generation doesn't know how to communicate via email. No. They're getting well. into the work. Like my friends who are like... Just how do you construct a proper email? How do you ask questions? So yeah, you're right. Like in that interview, that whole process, like every piece is a point of critique. <laughs> it is. And so let's keep going down that line because here's the next side that we're facing is we're getting chat GPT responses. Oh my God. Wow. Yes. Bad? You could totally tell? So... Oh my gosh. We have the few who forget because we realize that's we're starting wording questions differently, right? Who yes. don't even read what was produced. And in there was, I'm a chat assistant, AI chat box, and I cannot <laughs> answer personal questions. And they send that to us. So they're just like, thank you very much. So sloppy. Right. What we've gotten to doing there is really working at the questions because there's some that they're going to be able to put into chat GPT and there's no way around it. And there are others, especially the experiential questions that they can't. Right. We're really try to take something that they said and then ask them a pointed question about it that you have to answer from what you actually did. Yeah. And then we're looking at comparing the writing style. Hmm. Like, is this written really well and this one not so well? Hmm. Interesting. But it sucks. And doing that also live. Like, I feel like a big way to combat that is like having those live conversations where you can't. Well, you can't fake it. Make them go on a video, like send a video recording. I mean, you still yes. would, could get chat TV, but at least like, you know, if it's natural or not. So we've also included video. So for all the jobs that we hire now, we require that they send us video. Mm. Okay. Depending on the position, we have a series of questions that we ask. And one of them that's my absolute favorite is tell me about some of the favorite things in your life that you do. Three minutes. 
minimum three minutes and you got to tell me about it. You can't stick that in chat GPT. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I also put in there and we'll be tracking to see if you're reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I'm watching your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm watching your eyes to see, are you thinking while yeah. you're talking? And so I know you're not reading, you know, but it's like, yeah, we're in this day and age now where we've got to play these games. Yeah. Right. So how do we deal with that? Like, have y'all started seeing that at all yet? No, not yet, but yeah. my content lead he actually would be the better person to like specifically around, you know, chat GPT, because we have kind of a rotating content team. Mm -hmm. They're more project based, you know, they're not full time, but we have mm -hmm. writers mm -hmm. that come in, we're paying them for X amount. And we do find that, you know, there's more churn on that, right? Because oh, yeah. we're looking for a specific need and we have a specific process that they mm -hmm. must follow. And mm -hmm. we do use AI. So mm -hmm. Thank you for asking, because I'm going to ask them. What I do know is in our experience, specifically when it comes to just content writing and that area of hiring, really being able to ask for, this is where the GBT or whatever becomes like asking for examples and yeah. pressing on seeing skill set before you hire and doing so in a way where you know they aren't getting an extra, like tons of support Yep. has been really important in hiring, yep. you know, when it comes to that creative and content writing piece. Yep. Um, and it's hard and it's hard. It's getting harder, but the experience has helped us asking about questions about experience. And then yeah. I annoy them when they actually do get on Zoom, because if they get on Zoom with any of us, we ask them the same questions again. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Okay. We might phrase it slightly differently, mm. right? But part of it is we want to see, I want you to tell me, well, you know, we talked about this in the email. I want you to tell me that. Mm, now I know you're paying attention. That's very smart. And then am I getting the same answer? Yeah. Very, I love that. You're giving me ideas, so thank you. This is one of the beauties of this show is we've got to share these things. And that's the point. Like, I want, and you want everyone who's listening to understand the same wind is blowing on all of us when it comes to hiring, managing teams, et cetera, et cetera. And we need to learn from each other. None of us have it all figured out. And it's changing so rapidly that we've got to keep talking and learning to yeah. keep getting better. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the hiring process is just one piece of it. I think that the hardest part is Keeping people, keeping people engaged. I mean, that to me is like the hardest part. <laughs> so let's go there. All right. Yeah. We made it. You're hired. <laughs> and for a lot of people, the hiring process is kind of like the engagement process before you get married. You put all of this work into the day. And then now we're married and it's like, what do you mean you're going to sleep in the bed with me? <laughs> <laughs> right and, and it's like okay now we need a relationship y'all right yeah. yeah so what are some of the things that you guys do whether it's the onboarding or ongoing process with building that relationship in the community within your team 
especially with a revolving door in like one area with the content writers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, so there's the standout authority, but then my just personal experience of being an employee and being hired and onboarded. And so I've had really bad onboarding as an employee where you're really just thrown into the fire, you know? Yeah. And nothing is set up for you. It's like first day you hit computer and it's like, okay, you know, See you is, yeah, you're like, okay, what's coming for, you know, tell me what right. to do. So I've learned that's not what any person wants that like the first 90 days of an experience with a company is so important. The best onboarding I've received was when I had a roadmap set up for me, right? I had multiple calls and meetings set up with team members. I had documents of like, here's where you should review, spend time doing this, da da da, da right? Like, yeah. I had a plan in place. There was a journey for me to take, there was an expectation. And mm -hmm. I felt really welcomed with that, right? Mm -hmm. Where I knew I was meeting people. And that's the most important piece in the beginning is just getting a lay of the land. Mm -hmm. And actually, I remember one of the best things, Atiba, now that this is coming to my head, but I started my internship at Microsoft because I did it during the MBA. I got the MBA internship at Microsoft, which is awesome. a really big deal. Yeah. Very, you know, hard to get that internship. And my manager was named Brad and he, first day he had, here's how I'm envisioning your three months, first month, here's the plan, roadmap, everything. And which was amazing as an intern, cause you know, you really got to hit the road running. And he gave me a thing of cookies. He had handmade cookies and he sent a note to the whole team. And he said, Rachel's new, welcome. She's going to be with us this summer. Come grab a cookie, introduce yourself and say hello at her desk. She's over here. And it was such a, you know, obviously now we're in a remote work world, right? So what would be the online version of that? But it was such a taking the pressure off of me as an intern where it's scary. You're building these relationships. Right. And you had the cookie. And I had the cookie. And it was such a friendly, great way to meet my team. So that was just such a great example, right? Somebody really thinking about, I want this person to have an amazing experience. So I think like main things would be people need structure. Mm -hmm. Every single person, like even your highest level person that you walks in expecting to create the process, they too want to know what goals do you have for me? What are the bounds? Yes. Yeah. What's my role? What goals? What do you want me to accomplish in the next 90 days? Like you setting those expectations. Oh my God. You know, Atiba, that's one of the biggest pain points when they continue to do all the work study indexes. Employees just don't feel like they have a plan and they're not tapped into the vision for the company yeah. along with the vision for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that piece, and guess what? It's not just the first 90 days. It's, it's, it's ongoing. Constantly, yeah. especially in a small company like ours all remote, you know, constantly saying, especially as a leader, you know, here's my expectations for this. Are we aligned? Like mm -hmm. constantly, you yeah. know, level setting on expectations. Oh, huge. 
Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you there. Do you know Amara Omaregi? How do you spell the name? Well, first name Amara, A-M-A-R-A. I need to look up. Okay, I'm not sure. Okay. So, once again, pretty sure she's in Austin right now. Because I was supposed to be there with her right now that I'm not. Amara introduced me to a concept a couple of years ago which we've been working to implement ourselves and it's taken a while, right? And along the path of where you are, which is the position ascension matrix. And so there are five levels, right? All the way from novice, all the way up to director of a position, right? So those are your rows, and then you have the columns, which are the skill sets, soft and hard, that you need in order to ascend. And that obviously makes cells, right? Yeah. The the cross-sections, and you get rating on one to five. And so you could be a five on something over here on this skill, but a zero on this one, and that keeps you at the novice level, even though you have a five score here. Yes. Right, because your novice of this needs to come up, whatever it may be, yeah. right? And it's taken us a long time to implement, but it's given, to your point, such clarity of, mm-hmm. okay, now I know clearly where I am. Yeah. We can talk about where I want to go and what needs to change in order for me to get there. Yes. Now I got a plan. Yes, that's huge. I want to see that. I actually want to, yeah, I want to check that out. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And you know, that's really helpful in a promotional kind of conversation or reviews. Mm -hmm. Because so often we go in unprepared or like, why didn't I get, you know, promoted or whatever. And it's like, well, here's the expectations that we set. Did I meet them or did I exceed them? And if I met all the expectations and exceeded them, why can't I get the promotion? Why, you know, what is it? Where is the gap? And and putting that onto your manager or your leader, because like we talked about, things are sometimes very subjective or fixed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, but when you have something objective like that, you could push back on people. (laughs) Yeah. So the way we are going to be using it, and I said it's taken a while. So we just got to the place where our largest department is mapped. And that took seven months. Wow. Okay, so this is not an easy undertaking. And by the third quarter of this year, we'll be on the way with that department and we'll be doing quarterly reviews with everyone in the department using this. Right. And we're going to be bringing in something from Ryan Dice in that as well, which is the he doesn't call it this. I call it this the 360 review. So it's you get to do your position ascension matrix for yourself and say, this is where I believe I am. Your manager gets to do it. Your peers get to do it. And if you manage anyone else, they get to do it. Mm-hmm. And now we get this picture. Yeah. Which, to your point, starts to help that person not feel like it's just this manager or one person. Yeah. Right. I feel like I'm a five on leadership. If that was one of the skills. Everybody else has me at a two. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's how I remember clearly at Gartner when we would go into reviews. I think we did them pretty often, quarterly or half. I would be able to put in who I wanted to get feedback for me. Mm -hmm. And then my manager would get feedback from other people on me. Mm -hmm. So, and then she had her own opinion. So then to your point, it was just like that, right? It was like, I wanted people to vouch for me. She wanted to get up, you know, not Rachel asking. Yeah. So I think that's really amazing and effective, especially as you have a larger organization. Absolutely. And, and, I like that too, of asking them, who would you want to vouch for you? I hadn't yes. thought about that. That's good too. Cause it gives a slightly different perspective as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good. I like that too. Thank you. Yeah, you bring out all this good stuff. I like, I don't talk about this stuff very much. This is great. Well, no, well, thank you. This is great. And and that's a lot of the point here, right, guys? It's like, we want to share with you guys these experiences because we know you're going through stuff. Yeah. And we've been through. And like Rachel just said, there's stuff that we even forget that we should be doing. Yeah. That's helpful, right? And that's why we have these types of conversations because the same wind, I said this earlier, the same wind is blowing on all of us when it comes to hiring, managing staff yeah all the way around whether you started in corporate or if you started as an entrepreneur on your own wherever you are it's all the same way because you're dealing with people yeah (laughs) yes right and they're still people right are you guys 100 remote yes okay contrast that for me from a management style perspective for a moment of what you had at Microsoft. And by the way, make sure I get the name of that old boss of yours. I want to go see if I can get some of those cookies. What you had at Microsoft, which was very in-person, Gartner, which is very in-person, I would assume. And now here being all remote. I know you were intern at Microsoft, but still contrast that how life has changed from a management perspective, in-person versus virtual. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of layers for me to answer this question. So I actually, when I was at Microsoft, I was there full time. So the internship was just the beginning. Um, okay, great. But I actually negotiated at the time to work remotely when the company was very not remote. So I can move back to Austin and pursue my relationship, which is a whole different conversation. When you talk about getting what you want and, you know, creating a journey for yourself, So I was a remote employee while most of my team was in Seattle, okay? And in that dynamic, and that was at a time where it was like, Microsofties were still not putting on video. Oh, yeah. Like, video was not a thing. Mm -hmm. You know? Skype, Teams was just rolling out, and it was like Skype and definitely not on video. So imagine being that remote employee in that instance where everybody's meeting in person, and you're the remote, right? So I know that feeling quite well. And then when I was at Gartner, we went into the office, but then COVID happened and then everybody became remote. So that, and at Gartner was really interesting because our team was in Arlington. It was already across the globe. So it was actually camera up all the time. A team gotcha. Even if we were in a big meeting, We knew we had people in Arlington and in Spain, so everybody would have computer up and camera on. 
Gotcha. It was a beautiful practice. Weird in the beginning for me. To, I was like, why am I, you know, I'm here in the meeting, but it was a beautiful practice, right? To just really create space yeah. Yeah. for everybody, no matter where they are. Yeah. And so now I'm running a team and fully remote and we have people in different countries as well as across the United States. I would say I'm very used to working remote at this point. I've had a lot of experience. I think that creating culture and intimacy and vulnerability and attach in a remote environment is really, really, really challenging. And especially for the people that are not, you know, for the person that's not reporting into me, Mm -hmm. they're younger, you know, the social media manager, whatever the case is. So they're not getting a touch point with leadership, so to speak, even though we have like pretty flat structure, we still, Josh and I are the top. And I think that's really hard. I think that's really hard. If I feel like it's particularly hard for the new generation coming out of the workforce, their first jobs. That to me is where I feel the biggest pain point in a fully remote workforce. I really do. Yeah. I can second that emotion. I can second that emotion. We've had to make the choice that we can't hire them. Yeah. There was a point where we could, right? But we're somewhere over 20 people on our team now. Are you guys fully remote? Fully remote. Yeah. We've been fully remote since 2011. Yeah. Right? So it's been a long time, but this is the biggest the team has been. And there are people that I don't talk to. At all, yeah. Right? Like, I interviewed you at some point, and I liked you enough to hire you. I don't even do onboarding anymore. Right. And then you get onboarded by a chief of staff, and then you're off to your manager, and I may never see you again until we have one of our team events. And we're about to hand over even the interview process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we had to make that unfortunate choice that we said we can't hire the newbies anymore because we don't have the structure really to support them. Smart. I think like if you can do that and you have, because there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? Whatever kind of people you're hiring, the talent, that's smart because the being fully remote is hard for everybody. Mm -hmm. I still work with Microsoft and, you know, they have a hybrid workplace and now they do want people back more in the office. I'm like, it's kind of a shit show everywhere. So it's almost like the people like you, right. That have been fully remote. You're like, I get this. I know how this flows and fully remote. It's like, at least it's fully remote. Like here's where we're at. Hybrid sucks. Hybrid. It's like, really challenging and like my neighbor across the street at I won't say the company actually they now want everybody back in the office but like most of the people don't even live it and her team is just like why do I need to come into the office nobody's here right so yeah I mean you know I think Atiba like our job like we've been saying right it's about people and we definitely don't get it right most days Mm -hmm. but I think the biggest thing is constantly letting people feel heard, constantly letting new ideas come in, being open to change. 
and appreciating people. Like how often when I know I've been pushing on, because we had a launch, like I'm pushing and just saying, I know this is a push. Thank you. I appreciate you. Go take the time, you know, yes, go take the rest of the day off. Like those little things go so far, you know, just recognizing people, especially in a remote environment, doing that on your Slack or Teams channel, like shout out to the hard work from this team or look at this amazing post that we generate, you know, just constantly keeping that going because people are people and we want to feel appreciated. Yes. We want to feel loved. We want to feel connected. Yeah. And if I could add to that, I'm not going to take a darn thing away from it because I think you're absolutely right. If I can add to that, it's also the other side. And I'm looking at myself right now in the mirror. There's a mirror in front of me. I'm actually looking at you. I'm just looking at a mirror right now. You know, and I can say that one of the things over the last six months that I've slacked off on, which I used to be really great at, and it's just because I've been traveling so much, is my excuse. It's not really an excuse, but it's my excuse, is... Once a week, once every two weeks or so, a vision cast. Mm. Right? So, yeah, you have your communication, your mass communication channels where everyone is in there. Right? And it's not just a vision cast for the sake of I'm just talking once again. But it's a vision cast from the point of view of, hey, this thing happened, which is part of the bigger vision. So we're celebrating and sometimes not a celebration either, right? Sometimes something yeah. went wrong, right? And here's the bigger vision, and we pull it all together, right? That's to right. your point about pointing out the things that are going on. You have to do that more deliberately now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Got to do and tie that all together. And so I've got to get back to my biweekly or so vision casting with the team. I love it. And that just encourages me too, right? I think we all need those reminders and new ideas. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Rachel, you are absolutely wonderful of a guest. But amazing host. You're the best. Well, thank you. But it's not about me because they need to know who you are. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So let's make sure we get it right. Who are you? Okay. Okay. What's your favorite barbecue? Ah. <laughs> okay. What do you do? What do you, who do you serve and how can people reach you? Okay. I'll make sure I cover all of it, but pregnancy brain. So you get to make sure if I miss anything. So I'm Rachel B. Lee. I am your branding lady boss. I am now the co-owner and CMO of Stand Out Authority with my husband, Joshua B. Lee, He's the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn. And so mm-hmm. we support executives. They tend to be executives, seven plus figure business owners, and more of the solopreneurs with our program in defining your personal brand. What's your narrative? What's your story? Creating really amazing content that engages your followers and attracts your audience and then convert them not just into clients and opportunities, but into advocates. And we use the power of LinkedIn to execute that vision. And so we will support people one-on-one, done for you. And then we also have our small group standout authority experience that we just got going. So it's really for those business professionals, everything that we do in a very established 
our goal is to really create a thought leader with influence, not just an influencer. Yes. Who I serve. I think we got those pieces. How to reach, how to reach you. How to reach me. And I know the barbecue is saving that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Obviously LinkedIn. LinkedIn mm-hmm. is my power platform. So the Rachel B. Lee is my handle across Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. I don't really TikTok, but I have an account. But LinkedIn, and I love, there's nothing better than getting a personalized invitation. Hey, I listened to the chat with Atiba. I learned this. Like that's makes my day every time. And is also a good tip for you. Never send a blank invite on LinkedIn. Always appreciate and, you know, connect with somebody when you connect with somebody. And then, of course, standoutauthority.com. You'll get tons of information about our services and what we do and what we have going on. And if you're interested in working with us. And then my favorite barbecue, you know, Atiba. In Austin, there's a place called La Barbecue. Okay. La Barbecue and Valentina's. Valentina's, my gosh, has started to become a little too popular. Much further south. You can get just the barbecue, but also tacos like barbecue tacos tacos. it's just so those two places are way to speak my love language yeah those like those are the best ones to me and especially when you know they sell out and there's lines even though it's annoying it's usually because they're the best of the best yeah and i'm trying to find the place that i told you about earlier if i can while we're here uh hold on i'm gonna Oh, Rudy's. Yeah, that's what I said to you. I knew yeah, it. Yep, 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 Rudy's. You are right. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. If you think Rudy's is amazing, you're going to be like Valentina's and La Barbecue are like next level. Okay, so. Rudy's is like, I hate to say it like this. It's really good, but it's like. What's like five guys burgers? Like what's a really good, you know, you just know it's going to be good, but you know, it's not like the best of the best. That's how Ruby says. Always good, reliable barbecue, but there's like the top notch. All right. Well, we're going top notch next time I'm in Austin. Now almost tempted to try to get to Austin tomorrow just to do this with you and not wait till September. Um, Please. (laughs) No, but seriously, this was great. This was fun. I don't even know how we're ending the show. <laughs> we got off. Of- <laughs> well, we did the barbecue. We did the barbecue. So, Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the barbecue suggestions. But more importantly, thank you for what you shared with everybody. And, you know, some of the reminders and the things that we jogged each other's memory on today. Because I really know that those are the moments that everyone needs. Because we're all going through the same thing. So, Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Tiba. You're amazing. Thanks for having me. Thank you.